0: Provoke podcast is brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialists, Mark Tears. Support for this podcast comes from Notified, the integrated, intelligent and easy-to-use PR software. Get a free demo today at Notified.com.
1: Welcome to the Provoke Media Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to talk to Dylan Tweeney, a name that many of you may have recognized from his career as a journalist at, Hi- at Wired and VentureBeat. Um, in 2015, Dylan took the leap from the journalism realm to the communications realm and was VP of Comms at, is it Bailey Mail? Dylan? Valamail. Valamail. Mm-hmm. And of course, this year, Dylan joined Highwire Communications as I believe it's first editor in chief. Is that correct? That's right. That's correct. So, as you all probably can tell on today's show, we have both Dylan and we also have a highwire principal Kathleen Greathouse. Welcome Dylan and Kathleen.
2: Thank you. It's great to Thank be you. here.
1: So, you know, we've been Chatting a little bit, and, um, and Dylan, um, one of the things that 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 we've noticed is, you know, obviously in the last few years, we've um, seen many journalists sort of make this transition from, uh, you know, media to to PR and communications. And I will say I've been watching this trend since, gosh, um, 2007. And um, and I will say that I, I I've done it myself. Um, I've done I've I've worked agency side as well. Um, and one of the things that I've noticed is it there's been mixed results, um, you know, and I think one of the things that's changed since 2007 is agencies are carving out specific roles for journalists around content rather than throwing them right into sort of account management and a lot of the, 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 the the sort of agency rigor that I think requires a little bit more, more training, um. You know, and Dylan, I, I want to hear about your journey. And you know, I'll, for those of you that are listening that know mine, like I actually didn't move into a content role. I, I did work um, in account management, and I will say I had a great experience. Um, I loved it, and and had not planned on coming back to journalism. And just as you know, circumstances kind of made it so that I ended up doing so. Um, it you know, and Dylan, I, I'm curious to hear about sort of your your journey, and you know, a why you decided to take the leap, and and what. What were your key lessons learned?
2: Right. so um, I, I guess I would say there are a lot of directions you know that uh, journalists have been moving in the last five plus years, and I'll include myself in that group uh, simply because of the state of the journalism business. So some of us wind up in PR, some of us wind up in in-house content roles. some of us wind up doing you know content or marketing for VC firms or other, other places that, that want that journalistic sensibility. The transition doesn't always work um, because I think the fundamental reason is that journalism is a calling and a lot of people who ha- particularly those who have done it for a while, feel really strongly identified uh, with the notion of being a journalist and kind of answering to a higher calling. It's not just a job, it's not, you're not just working for the publication, you're pursuing truth you're pursuing um you know you're the fourth estate you're 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 doing something for the good of society and you're accountable ultimately to your readers and to the facts um and so i think that to the extent that you feel really strongly identified with that as a vocation it's very hard to practice that trade outside the kind of vocational walls of a of a traditional journalistic operation um or you know, within the within a space, sometimes companies will create publications, right, that that give these former journalists kind of like enclosures within within which they can be, you know, journalistic and independent. Um, but outside of that, you have to you have to at some level understand that you're in business, and if you can embrace that and embrace the business mindset and take satisfaction from that, I think you can be successful. Um, if you can't, it's much harder to make the transition. And for me, the key was really, I discovered this early on, right after I left VentureBeat. Um, when I was, I was an independent, uh, content strategist before I joined Valamail, um, for a couple of years. And I, I had to learn if I wanted to eat, how to do business because <laughs> I was selling my services and they had to be valuable to clients willing to pay for it. But I also, I think the more fundamental thing was I found that I could still produce work that I was proud of. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's really been the key is like, and, and I've carried that forward to what I'm doing here is that's kind of my compass. Am I doing work that I am proud of and would be happy to show to my friends or post on my LinkedIn or on my blog or what have you?
1: I think that's such an excellent point that you make about, um, you know, you have to be prepared to be, to go into business. Right. Cause I think for traditionally journalists have been somewhat shielded from that side of the business, at least, you know, that had been my experience prior. And, um, and I think once you go age, you know, once you go to PR and communications, you have to have that mindset shift of like, now I am in the business world and be ready and want that. I know for me, that's what I was looking for when I made the transition, which made it much more much it was much easier because I was no longer in this mindset of like like you said like I'm a purveyor of truth and um I, I you know um I was ready to do something different so I think that is that's key so so Dylan- I would I would
0: just add to this because oh. I thought it was a very interesting conversation when we were talking to Dylan about joining Highwire because he talked about having a calling and really feeling like purpose in your vocation and one of the principals at Highwire is Carol Karuba, and she really um, reacted to that because I think feeling strongly that she's helping, you know, innovators and founders and providing career opportunities for people um, at every level of of their profession. And so feeling engaged and motivated by having an impact, I think while that is true, a lot of the things you're saying, Dylan, that sort of, Manifesto that some journalists have. You can experience a lot of the things that you do as a journalist on a day-to-day basis in a good agency, and I say that because I've done so many informational interviews because I'm a former journalist and spent quite a bit of time at CNN. And lots of people have said, you know, wanted to have conversations. I'm interested in a transition. What's it like, you know? And I think my my fundamental. Uh, observation is that when you're a journalist, and I myself count myself as one of these people, you really have no idea what PR really is, how it works, what your role is, how you interface within a company, whether you're in-house or agency side because I thought it was simply people calling me and trying to get their CEO on a CNN program <laughs> or yeah. um, these press secretaries that would really want to do a deep dive on you know, their uh, campaign strategy. And I'm like, well, this is of limited use to me and this must be a really easy job because I could do this times 10 and not really... Um, have much of a, you know, and have a big life outside of work. But what I found is that the reasons I love journalism are very complementary to what I would do on an agency side. Curious, learning a lot, taking complex um, issues and themes and really understanding how to make those resonate outside the walls of that company negotiating across the board and so that is a business skill it's one i also had in journalism where i think some pr people don't realize that you have to pitch stories all the time in the media so is, so so there's a lot there that you can carry over but i think what you should look at in terms of can someone be successful and it's a culture fit because newsrooms are really different
1: yeah, no, they they're it. They are, and you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause because the word culture fit. I know we we're trying to move away from. Okay, good right? point. <laughs> yeah, from from you know just because yeah, I mean, journal. I was actually had a call with somebody this morning, and mm-hmm. she was saying telling me that like, well, you know, there's a lot of people that want to go back to the office, and I said to her, I said, yes, as an industry, we tend to we tend to prioritize those extroverts, right? The ones that are like, yay, and let's do happy hours again. And that what we've learned in this pandemic and what I've seen when people just anecdotally people have said to me is we have a lot of introverts in this business as well. Ones who really need the quiet and they really need that distance. Um, So anyway, that that idea of culture fit, like journalists probably bring a different personality profile, but you know, that that can still- Yes, I think that's a very good,
0: very good call out. I would say the atmosphere in a newsroom the way that you are managed or not managed, how you succeed in that environment, I would I would say that agency life and in house roles require a different set of skills, nav- navigating internal hierarchies, and you know making things happen, understanding um, what success looks like, all of those things are really different than in a newsroom where it's getting them the best story, beating your competitor at times, um, feeling connected around a big story that you're doing a great job on, energizing, exciting, um, hard-edged, meaning like there's a lot of conflict in the newsrooms I've been involved in. And there's not. That's not to say like there isn't that, at times debate in a communications firm but it's it feels very different right it does
2: feel like uh you know for me coming to pr with a little bit of humility has Mm -hmm. helped just the sense that i don't i don't know everything about how this business works just because i've been on the receiving end of it right um there is a lot going on under the hood or behind the scenes and it is way more than just the pitches that you get in email that you delete.
1: Yes, I think that's the th- the three of us all are former journalists who made the leap into into PR, and I think that's a consistency you know consistent thread, right? I mean, I remember being surprised by that and thinking that wow, that's all they do all day. They just sit around and they just write to journalists and going, going, and, and no, but in some ways, it's actually quite exciting, right? Because to your point, Kathleen, you do think like, wow, that's all they do. And then you do it and you have this deeper appreciation for what PR and comms involves. Um, so, so Dylan, a question for you then, do you still consider yourself a journalist? I mean, you, you're in an EIC role, right? I mean, that's, that's your title. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's a funny title for um, an organization that doesn't actually publish uh, a publication. Um, I I do consider myself a journalist. I am not doing journalism right now, but I am a journalist by training, by trade, by um, orientation. It informs the way I think about things. It informs how I approach clients and look for stories. Um, And it informs, to a large extent, how I live in the world. Um, uh, you, you, mentioned the title editor in chief and, you know, traditionally this is a person who's in charge of a publication. We don't have one, but our clients do have content. And I think the, 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 what I, as I see this role, it's more than just being a content producer. The idea of an editor in chief is somebody who provides strategic vision and direction and can, um, not just deliver pieces of content one-off but help clients think about their holistic content strategy in terms of what types of goals they're trying to accomplish but also you know uh up leveling the production of that content and making sure that every piece that is written is as high quality and you know as uh you know if we can get the language to sing um if it's reaching the audience that you want it to reach i mean the question of audience is one that Um, I think a lot of clients don't really think very clearly about, um, and then lining up that audience and that, that editorial production with the business goals, and then thinking about distribution, like, where's it going to be published? And once it's published, what do you do with it? How are we going to promote it? How does this feed into social media or other types of content? Um, and then how do you follow on? So it's that, that's kind of a whole, like, um, I mean, it's a very, I can describe it in very lofty ways, in practical ways, it sometimes means building and running an editorial calendar.
1: Right, right, I think that's a a good point too, right? It's like, there are these lofty ideals around content that agencies will, you know, when I meet with them, they'll talk about it and and having done it, I do know that some of it is really, really tactical stuff. And and so, Kathleen, I have a question for you then. So tell me about the origins of this role. Was this something that you had sort of dreamt up and then then you found Dylan or did you have conversations with Dylan and say, hey, look, why don't you join? I can create this position for you.
0: We have... Worked and collaborated with Dylan for years, um, both as individuals and an agency. So we have clear. Me- I have a clear memory of Dylan coming in when he had just assumed the editor in chief role at VentureBeat, and he came and generously, you know, answered questions about the vision for the publication and how to work with him. And um, one of Dylan's great qualities is he's curious. He genuinely wants to help people and he was very engaging with our team. And so we've stayed in touch throughout this period of time. And what I think Dylan, and we also actually hired Dylan when he was independent to do coaching for our team, to help us think more strategically about compelling content. And the 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 way that that is actually effective for a company is to stop thinking about it as someone's byline or the blog post and really have a holistic view of how it fits into bigger campaigns that the company needs to drive. If you're changing opinions, creating perceptions and raising awareness, one-offs are not going to do that. It has to be a calibrated program. So we always felt like Dylan really got that. He also helped our team with media strategy. So, you know, here's our story. Here's how we've been telling it. Here's the work we've Put into this, which I appreciated because he made us think and think harder. So we knew that he would be a really strong player in our organization. And so, you know, we've just stayed in touch. And um, we were able to, I think give Dylan the confidence, I hope, that he could be very successful in our organization, that we had an entire digital team around him. He knows and likes the people we work with, and we have great clients. And so I think when you have someone who's motivated by making an impact, it was a no-brainer. Now, then the question is, well, what are you going to do? And we had lots of conversations like, what is this role? And I think Dylan, to your earlier point, has seeing people succeed and thrive and others not make it. And as a good journalist, he actually went out and talked to some of these folks and said, here's what happened to me at this agency. Don't let this happen to you. And um, and so we had a very good conversation. And, you know, what I think and believe is that having insight and understanding the technology technology ecosystem and being curious about it, but having a vision for how to take that and really have impact, that is exactly what our clients need. And as much as it's a cliche that content is, you know, incredibly important, it is, but so many companies will just sort of dabble and just, you know, turn it into like a series of articles or, you know, social media posts or something around a conference, but there's not a cohesive vision. And that's why we thought editor in chief would be the right role and the right title and would give a sense of what Dylan brings to the table.
1: And Dylan, before this, you had sort of a more traditional role um, as VP of comms, correct? So so you've, you've sort of done the, you've done the whole gamut of, of what it involves. Um, and so what was why why did you decide to go into sort of an, an EIC role rather than kind of being kind of an all-arounder? Um, and, and also why did you decide to go agency side? I know m- the more common trajectory, um, especially out here, is you do your you, you do agency and then you go in-house. Um, although I am seeing a few more of the the reversals lately. Um, so Dylan, so yeah, two part question there. Um,
2: So, um, what I created, uh, kind of my role uh, evolved into at Valamel was, I think, a hybrid content and communications role. So, I was running PR and managing a PR firm, but I was also um, responsible for generating a lot of content, including research reports. So, I knew when it was time, research reports and blogs and a bunch of other content. So, I knew when I was thinking about moving along that I was looking for a role that would allow me to kind of... Uh, you use that, that same hybrid approach, because <clears throat> I think the word we're using in PR on the agency side is integrated, integrating PR and content. Because mm-hmm. um, I've seen how effective that can be when the strategy is really connected um, and when PR and, and marketing for that matter are, are well meshed. So I was looking for roles like that. And honestly, most of the roles I was looking at were in-house, but Kathleen called and uh, I took the call because I've known Highwire for years. I've known Kathleen um, and Emily for years, and uh, I've been consistently impressed by what they're doing. And I think Kathleen's points were spot on. There's a digital team that is now about 15 people and growing doing a wide variety of interactive and uh, digital content and social media in addition to the editorial stuff that I and my team do. Um, and having that kind of support around me along with the really obvious commitment of the principals to up-leveling our content capabilities made a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And I will also say that Highwire has an amazing culture a really strong commitment to diversity that I was blown away by and that's important. Um, and, uh, yeah, and it just felt like a fit. So,
1: right. Right. And so, so do you report into Kathleen or or what's your reporting structure? I
2: I report into the digital team to, uh, somebody who reports to Kathleen.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, so, you know, you mentioned that you still see yourself as a journalist and my question is, is do you think anyone can go back? Like, do you think somebody can go cons, you know, even in a role like yours and ever go back to being a journalist again, uh, you know, in in the traditional sense?
2: In principle, yes, absolutely. I've seen people go both directions. In practice, there are hurdles. Um, I think uh, one of the hurdles is that it, uh, you, you do have to overcome sort of a suspicion from the other side. If I were to go for a journalistic job now, people would be like, well, you were doing PR for so long. Are you really still a journalist? So I would have to persuade them. I don't think it's unachievable, but, and I, I know people have done it, but there's a little bit of that resistance.
1: Right. Um, yeah, but,
2: yeah. So yeah, it's, it's not necessarily going to be easy, but I think, I don't think it's a one-way street.
1: Right. I, yeah. And I, I I mean, and, and there, is, there are more hybrid roles now that exist that I, I wonder if there's, you know, you may take a, a non-traditional route. I mean, even for me, I mean, I, I now run our commercial division, right? And in, in, in addition to still doing some, you know, editorial as well. Um, so the, 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 the other question I had was, was about um, the pace, right? I mean, you know, we all know that journalism is a fast paced profession. And as we were talking about before, PR is fast paced, but in a different way, Um, how would you compare the two?
2: Agency life is definitely more fast paced. And I knew it would be fast paced when I came here. It's actually, that's another reason I came here is because I was looking for the creativity and the variety of working with a bunch of different clients. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't quite sure. I don't think I knew quite what the pace would be. And it is much more like being in a newsroom, a busy digital, always on newsroom than it is like being in a, I don't know, a, a monthly magazine or, <laughs> or in-house.
1: Right. I mean, but, but do you feel like, like the drivers of that, the pace is di- are different? Like, whereas in the newsroom, it was driven by the journalists that were like pushing to get stories out and to get sources to respond to comment. Whereas now the pace is sort of driven by clients. Do you feel like that's been an adjustment?
2: A little bit. I mean, it's, it's driven by clients for sure. Occasionally it'll be driven by a news cycle. But I would say much more often it's driven by clients. I think the really deeper thing is that it's, I think, honestly, it's internally driven. We want to do a really good job for our clients. And so a lot of us are just kind of do whatever it takes to deliver what the clients want. And so that leads to a, a lot of, I mean, it's very intense. Right. In a good way. I like it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no of, I mean, I, I've been I've been covering this space for a long time. I think intense is is, is accurate. Um, so, so I guess maybe to, to close on, it would be a question for both of you. You know, I mean, this this was a relatively new role. It started in February. So, I'd love to hear from both Kathleen and Dylan around kind of what's your vision? Like, what do you want this role to to actually become? Um, you know, and and I don't know, Kathleen. I, I, I almost want maybe Dylan. Here, here,
0: here's the answer that is not um, so concrete. Mm-hmm. what what we know about our business is change is inevitable mm-hmm. and constant. And so what I think is fundamental, and I know, you know a lot of PR people talk about this, is what's your narrative? How are you speaking to your audiences? What's going to resonate and drive your business success? And I think the platforms continue to evolve, but you nail that sort of core. And then how you get that out there is ever changing. So experimentation is part of our DNA. So, you know, when we first started the agency, it was about, you know, your blog strategy. And it's moved far beyond that because you go where the audience is. But what hasn't changed and what hasn't changed from when I got into PR so, so long ago now, it seems is like, what's a good story? What are people gonna care about? How do you make those connections to what a company is doing? And that's why I think Dylan adds a lot to our, to our team. I think he's an amazing mentor and I feel like a lot of our roles as senior leaders in communications is, you know, fostering talent and helping people accomplish great things in their career and so my vision is that we continue to work with the best clients in our industry that we continue to deliver great work and have an excellent reputation for really partnering with companies and I think content is a big part of that and you know if we do all of that I'm going to be incredibly proud and also feel confident that we're bringing people up with us
1: our clients and our team right Dylan, anything you want to add to that in terms of like what 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 success would look like for you in this role?
2: I, I think Kathleen covered it really well. I would just add um, as a as a nuance on that that it's not. Um, I don't think of it necessarily in terms of growing the editorial business, although that obviously would be great. But it's more about how do we I, because I mean honestly, editorial and PR is not as crisply differentiated as I thought it might be. And so I I think my vision would be at, at some point in the future, everybody in the agency is doing amazing writing and amazing editorial strategy. And when clients come and say, we need a byline, everybody knows to answer, okay, let's talk about your editorial strategy here and how it fits into your overall PR strategy and your PR goals. We can get you that byline. We can write it for you. We can help you place it, but what is the bigger picture and how do we talk about putting that content out in a variety of channels and a variety of media in such a way that it complements what we're doing in terms of media outreach and all of that supports your marketing and your business goals.
1: Right. You know, that's a very good point. And I feel like that's so true for so many, you know, for a great agency, right, is it has to be infused at all levels of the organization. It can't just sit with you. It can't just sit in one person. Um, And Dylan, you know, since I have you, I'll go ahead. ahead. I was going to add one of the things Dylan told me
0: before coming to Highwire is that he wants to solve the measurement conundrum. So look for Dylan to connect great communications program with analytics and measurement <laughs> because that is the um that is the last mile in our industry and we are working a lot i think with various mechanisms to make that happen but that is that is a vision we have
1: well well you just seeded the 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 reason to bring dylan back so dylan you know in about six months i'm going to bring you back and we're because i mean this is a high bar you've set now you're going to solve the measurement conundrum wait i I think think kathleen
2: promised that actually
1: (laughs) i said i I would i i support that vision okay ours so good reminder arthy good reminder Well, I mean, I—I I mean, this is something that this is—I've been following this also since 2007, and honestly, been much like the DEI conversation. I've been frustrated with the lack of progress, and just like Highwire's been taking the lead on DEI, I—I'm I, going to come back to you with um with this as well. Um, all right. Well, my my last question, because I have you here, like, because I mean. You must still, like, what's it like to follow tech news these days? Like, as a former, you know, high profile journalist, and now you're, you know, like, just can you tell me, like, you know, what stories intrigue you and, and what is it like to follow it? And do you still have this urge to call up journalists and say, oh my God, you need to be writing about this.
2: Uh, so, I went through a really intense period of news withdrawal in 2015 when I left the VentureBeat newsroom. Um, I missed being plugged into that kind of pulsing nerve center of tech news information and being able to absorb whatever was going on effortlessly. I spent a couple of years kind of detoxifying myself and rearranging my brain so that I was less reactive to everything that was coming across in Twitter and, um, now i'm i'm more selective although i will say to a certain extent i'm getting a little bit of that vibe from being in an agency because the agency is very well plugged in and when you touch a lot of different accounts like i do you start to feel a a little bit of that kind of newsroom sense of like oh news stories going by this is big that's big um in terms of things that i'm i'm following i mean that's, that's a hard question.
1: What's <laughs> happening in the world right now? Yes, indeed. Um,
2: there's so much happening. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. I guess there's a, there's a broad theme of kind of back to work or hybrid model. Mm-hmm. But um, I think underlying that, there's a question of how, it's um, what we might call the appropriate use of technology and m- making technology kind of serve us better. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm just sort of interested in ways, whether it's AI and ML related technologies or it's some new approach to video conferencing or collaborating. I'm interested in ways that can make what we're doing now, which is talking to each other nonstop all day long on Zoom screens, work in a more kind of humane and interactive and supportive way. Right. Is that a technology story? Uh, I don't know.
1: Hundred. <laughs> I mean, I will say even even before the pandemic started, I was having conversations with people about this sort of how do we have humanity in technology? Right. I mean, we were seeing this with the social net- networks. Right. I mean, we were seeing that they were between disinformation, misinformation, and just the psychological toll of comparing your lives to other people. Like that, what that was taking. Right. I mean, the the documentary that came out right right before the pandemic hit actually. Right. That would that touched on. You know how do we bring humanity back into technology, and can Are the? Are you talking about the social network? Yeah, no, not the yeah. social network. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the one was it? Was it the social network? No, it was this documentary that um, Tristan Harris was a part of. Yeah. Um, Yes. The
2: social dilemma.
1: The social dilemma. dilemma. That's what it was. Yes, called. Yes, 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 yes. Sorry. It's yes. a Facebook yes. thing. Speaking of tech, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. So, so I mean, I remember having a conversation with um, the woman who wrote, oh gosh, and I'm forgetting her name. I'll put it in the show notes who wrote the book about Instagram. Um, and she was a former Bloomberg, or she might still be, I think she's still a Bloomberg reporter. Um, and we had this same, like, we had this conversation. So um, so yes, this is very much a tech story. I think this is a tech story that will continue to dominate for the, for, you know for the foreseeable future. Um, so on that note, I mean, Kathleen and Dylan, this was such a great conversation and I am bringing you back. So um, again, I don't know when, I'll, but, but we are going to continue this about uh, next time we on measurement. But again, thank you so much and congratulations, Dylan, on your new role. And we're looking forward to seeing how this unfolds.
2: Thank you, Arthi. Thank
1: you so much. Thanks. And thanks to our listeners. And we will be back in soon with another episode of the Provoke Media Podcast.
0: You have been listening to the Provoke podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the International Broadcast Specialists Marketeers. Support for this podcast comes from Notified, the integrated, intelligent and easy to use VR software. Get a free demo today
1: at Notified.com.